The Voices of Search podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything podcast network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. Bridge Toll, California, customer service number. Highway miles to the gallon, Ford Focus. Thailand Cave Rescue Operation. What is Schema F? Best wine bars in San Carlos, California. Best Western hotels. How old is Ronaldo? What happened with Big Brother? What's a good engagement? How long before a wedding should I send out save the dates? In the first series Use IMAP to check email on other email spots. clients. Identify fonts from where to find the Welcome to an emergency update edition of the Voices of Search podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Shapiro, and today we'll be discussing Google's core algorithm update, June 2021. Joining us today is Jordan Cooney, who is an SEO strategist and advisor to search metrics. And this podcast is also sponsored by Ahrefs. What if I told you that you could monitor your website's SEO health, backlinks, and organic rankings at no costs? Sounds too good to be true? Well, it's not. Because my friends at Ahrefs just launched Ahrefs Webmaster Tools. Ahrefs' new Webmaster Tools product quickly helps you improve your site's visibility by pointing solutions to over 100 technical issues that might be holding your search performance down. Plus, AWT monitors for backlinks so you'll know the most linked to pages and how those links are affecting your rankings. And AWT shares what keywords your website ranks for and compares how you stack up against competitors for key metrics like search volume, keyword difficulty, and traffic value. Look, monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools. And now, thanks to Ahrefs, that's not the case anymore because AWT will help you monitor your SEO health, backlinks, and keywords for free. And no, it's not one of those 14-day free trial offers. It's a powerful site audit tool that will keep working for you for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. All right, on with the show. Here's my conversation with Jordan Cooney, SEO strategist and advisor to search metrics. Jordan, alert, alert, alert. Red alert. Google Core algorithm, alert, alert. Beware. It's the season. <laughs> We've got some news. The ground is shaking. The earthquake has happened. Google has announced a core algorithm update. What do we know, buddy? Yeah, that's a great question, Ben. I think uh, that's one that, I think a lot of our listeners are trying to really figure out. This has been an interesting update. Started on June 2nd, officially announced by Google on June 2nd. There were a lot of uh, murmurs and discussion in late May about some kind of just fluctuations, which typically happens before one of Google's core updates. They are testing things, kind of analyzing and preparing for the algorithm uh, release. This update officially ended on June 12th. And so it was uh, about a 10-day release. And the reality is that there really wasn't a whole lot of activity. I mean, there were some spikes and some movement, but there really wasn't a ton of major shifts and blowbacks from this update. 
Jordan, we're recording an emergency algorithm podcast update. Yep. Can you spice it up a little? Because people want to know what's happening and you're making it seem like, ah, yeah, there was a core algorithm update, but no big deal. This is supposed to be the biggest breaking news we have. What do you mean Google did a core algorithm update and nothing happened? Why would they bother to do an algorithm update? Yeah, that's that's a good question. So first of all, let's talk a little bit about these uh, core updates. These core updates are typically focused on really clear quality signals that Google usually preaches and, and, and pushes around, you know, content quality, page quality, you know, ultimately what Google's really trying to push for is defining and refining the way we distribute and share content, right? So making sure that sites are not, you know, resyndicating or creating duplicate or very thin slice scenarios of their content. That's typically what Google's looking at trying to, to, to focus on in one of these core updates. The interesting thing here is that a lot of the fluctuation changes that we noticed, most of them weren't necessarily on big brands. There were a couple of news and media related categories that did see some fluctuation. A lot of, a few changes, excuse me, around the your money, your life concepts around finance and finance tip type websites. But there wasn't anything that was like um, a crazy drop off for e-commerce, for example. All right. So no news is good news, I guess. In the algorithm update world, we saw some, you know, your money, your life, some finance websites that had finance tips being affected, but nothing really big happening. So what can we infer from this update? You know, what did Google change? What were the signals? And what was the update actually doing? Good question. And I know it's tough for folks to really garner or glean out like really good insights from this update. So a couple of things that we have noticed that are good focus areas for us. Thinner content in non-relevant sections of a website are were really hit here. So what I mean by that is, let's say you had a finance tip website that also had car buying and car news. This is an area of the site that got a bigger hit in terms of rankings and traffic than the core content on the site. And so one of the reasons or one of the theories we have looking at some of the data we have at search metrics that we highlighted is that Google didn't necessarily take entire sites out, but using some of their advancements in refining the page level quality, they're actually going after and, and taking out sections that are less relevant of a site. So like this example, car buying tips on a finance website saw a bigger drop in rankings and traffic than the actual finance and the stock buying tips of a website. So let's play that out a little bit because, you know, if I'm thinking of a, a finance website, let's take the Motley Fool as an example. This is a, a site that's about stock tips. But, you know, you could broadly call it some sort of a, a financial resource. And, you know, maybe they have a section of their site that says, here's what you can do with all your earnings from your stock winnings. Buy a new car. And since you're buying a new car, here's ways to avoid paying extra fees. That seems relevant. I know that Motley Fool is primarily a finance site, but I can rationalize why that portion of the website might exist. Google essentially, based on what you're saying, is penalizing them by not basically saying, stay in your lane. So does that mean that 
every website needs to basically pick one core topic and sort of work together? Or, or how can we think about expansion into more broad topics when we have ownership of one category or vertical? Ben, this is an interesting area for us to explore. And the reality is there's no easy way for us to answer this. The reality is that you as a website owner, as a content owner, as an editor, as an SEO, need to help make decisions for the business in the best way possible. One of the things that's very clear here is that if you make siloed content, so you make content that lives within a very isolated directory or very isolated part of your site and is not topically relevant to the core of your site, you're likely going to be at more risk from a Google algo update like this one. So part of this is interesting because it's not just about the content itself. It also has to deal with site structure, the way that it's ingrained and integrated into the core site and experience the number of internal links per se that this content has within the entire ecosystem, those elements matter just as much as the content itself. And so what I'm saying here is that it's not that the content itself was bad, it's that the content wasn't necessarily as relevant or as connected as it needed to be in order to maintain the rankings that it once had. Time for a one minute break to hear from our sponsor, Previsible. So you're looking for SEO help, and you got a couple of options. You could start replying to spam from agencies that claim they can get you to rank number one on Google. You can pay an hourly rate for a consultant who will inevitably nickel and dime you with hourly charges. Or you can work with a cookie cutter agency to quickly launch a strategy-less project with low success rate. None of those sound very good, now do they? Well, that's where Previsible's integrated consulting model comes in. Previsible draws from a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to unlock your organic growth opportunities. They build custom solutions that combine strategy, technical expertise, content, and reporting to effectively operationalize SEO for your business. Previsible's four-stage approach ensures that your SEO programs thrive by starting off with a strategy-first approach. Then they support you in your efforts to create quality content, help you identify technical issues, and most importantly, they'll work with your cross-functional teams to integrate your SEO strategies to make sure that your SEO budget actually drives results, not just your agency's bottom line. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, Square, all who rely on the SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's previsible, P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. For some reason, my head went back to when we worked together at eBay. Actually, this might have been before you were at eBay, when the company launched its reviews and guides category. And there was a lot of debate internally about whether a review or a guide needed to live in a place that was in the existing category in e-commerce. You know, at eBay, there's collectibles and fashion and cars and all the different verticals that are in an e-commerce site. And the question was, do reviews and guides live in the reviews and guides directory, or do we need to spread that content out through all of the individual verticals, which basically had their own directory? It sounds like the answer today is you need to spread that content out into each individual vertical as opposed to having this sort of subset of content that isn't specifically related to the core topic of your website. You're basically creating, in this case, e-commerce pages and separating out the content pages 
that wouldn't be an experience that is seen as valuable to Google. But if you're taking the content pages and integrating them with the e-commerce section, then you're on to something. There's certainly some truth there, which is that how you segment and manage content within different sections of your site matters greatly. And I have spent a lot of time talking to different web developers, engineering teams at, at bigger companies about this core issue, which is if you create too isolated of a scenario for your content, you by virtue invite Google to attack that part of your site. And so both the directory or, or the nature of your URL structure, as well as how that content is linked within your ecosystem of pages will be a determining factor of Google understanding the relevancy of that content. And when it looks at the entire scope of your site, so if your entire site deals with a lot of finance topics and suddenly you have car buying tips, is car buying tips really that relevant, semantically relevant to the rest of your site? Those are things that Google is becoming very sophisticated at understanding and making very quick decisions on whether or not that page deserves the rank position it has. This is part of the evolution of Google's algorithm and the introduction of MUM and the way that they're able to process the AI processing power they have at building these relationships between content, keyword, and intent. So let me press you a little bit on that. Sure. Because what I'm hearing is there's finance sites, and if they talk about car buying, Google's saying, well, that's unrelated to finance, and we think of you as a finance site, we're not making a semantic connection between car buying and finance. And in the real world, there's a pretty big connection between car buying and finance. You need to have money to be able to buy a car, and often you're going to be financing that car. I could see how car buying tips might be on a finance website. It might not be the core content, but I could see how there is some sort of a connection. So is Google making a judgment based on you know this hypothetical finance company that has some car buying tips on it saying, no, that's not enough of a semantic connection for us? Or is it that the mum update and some of the other semantic connections that they're making just aren't accurate enough yet to really connect why car buying would be related to finance? Oh man, this is <laughs> this is tough because how good is Google? <laughs> it's definitely not the latter. Google is pretty good here. And the reason this is tough Ben is not because of a lack of capability behind Google's algorithm. And by all means, I'm not trying to sound like some sort of like, Google's amazing, they're the best type of a, <laughs> a cheerleader. What I'm trying to say, Ben, is they're really understanding how an entire site works together. They're understanding how much car-related content you have. So for example, if a finance site has a car dealer section where dealers can promote or list cars. And now they have an article about car buying. There is a lot more semantically relevant content. There's an ecosystem now that is on their site, allowing consumers to research and see cars and get pricing and blah, blah, blah. The reality is very different in that scenario than a finance article website like The Motley Fool who writes one car buying article, and that's the only piece of content on their entire site about car buying. 
those are two very different scenarios that Google is evaluating and making judgment calls about whether or not that same car buying article should rank in position four or in position 14. That I hope is a good way of of describing the distinction that Google is trying to identify within what I call ecosystems of content. So Google is understanding the ethos of your site, of your domain, all of the content that you've produced, how much of it is weighted towards one topic. And when you start creating topic that's a little bit out of the box, there's a chance that they're going to penalize you for that, or at least penalize that content. That's what we're hearing out of this update. Jordan, as we look back and reflect on this update, you know, does this tell us anything moving forward? Google's done one update. Generally, when they do one, there are others coming. Do you expect more core updates to be rolling out soon? One thing I just clarify here is I think penalize is a bit harsh of a term and and one that also comes with a lot of baggage in the SEO world. It certainly diminishes the value of that piece of content and its ability to rank higher. And it doesn't mean that you can't reverse that trend. You can reverse that trend. It will require you to think broadly about how that piece of content fits into your entire site. So that's just one tip or a piece of advice for our listeners. Your other question here, Ben, which is a very interesting question and a great segue for us. Hey, Google's not done. This is just the beginning. I think we have a very, very busy June and we've got one that is going to encourage us to look at two updates, which is one that was already planned and had been discussed for a while by Google, which is page speed. And they have delayed this and delayed it again. And now here we are in the middle of June and they're announcing that this is going to be the next segue of updates that we can expect in the rest of the month. So more emergency Google update episodes to be hashed out. And we're actually going to come back tomorrow and talk about another Google update, not a core algorithm update, but a page experience update. So that wraps up this episode of the Voices of Search podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Jordan Cooney, SEO strategist and advisor to search metrics. We'd love to continue the conversation with you. So if you're interested in contacting Jordan, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter where his handle is JT Cooney. That's J-T-K-O-E-N-E. Or you could visit his personal website, which is jordancooney.com. And a special thanks to Previsible for sponsoring this podcast. If you're looking for support with all of your SEO needs, Previsible's integrated consulting model is there for you. They draw on a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to help you unlock your organic search and growth opportunities. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, and Square, all who rely on SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. And a special thanks to Ahrefs for sponsoring this podcast. Monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools, but that's not the case anymore thanks to Ahrefs because they just launched their Ahrefs Webmaster Tools product, which monitors your SEO health, helps you keep track of your backlinks, and gives you the insight into what keywords are performing for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's Ahrefs, A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T.
Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to VoicesOfSearch.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also send us your topic suggestions or your SEO questions, and you can even apply to be a guest speaker on the Voices of Search podcast. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is Voices of Search on Twitter, and my personal handle is Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream, of SEO and content marketing insights in your podcast feed. We're going to publish an episode every day during the work week. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed in the next business day. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, remember the answers are always in the data. 